Lord our God, we surrender to you, Lord. Do as you will, Lord. Thank you for your scripture in Isaiah 41.10. That it is your will to be my God. It is your will to be our God. It is your will to help us. It is your will that we be not dismayed or confused. It is your will that, that you will strengthen us. It is your will to give us wisdom. It is your will to give us love. It is your will to give us power and strength, Lord. We thank you. And it is your will to be constantly with us, Lord. Christ in us, Christ around us, Christ in our ears and our eyes and our tongue, Jesus Christ in our hearts. And we plead the blood of Jesus that cleanses us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we were wrong and you forgave our wrongness in our past. You forgive our wrongness today and you forgive our wrongness in the future. And we do the same with our fellow men, Lord. We forgive others as you've forgiven us. And Lord, we become as little children, Lord God, willing to learn, willing to listen to our daddy, Abba, Father. Lord, willing to comprehend, Lord, what you're telling the churches today. Learning, learning, yearning to learn and learn to grow, Lord, in your word. Let me thank you for January the 26th and reading of your word. Amen. Okay, Exodus 2.11. Amen. I hope I said I knew that. Uh, Exodus 2.11.22. Um, uh, 2.11 to 3.22. It says, Many in, uh, years later when Moses had grown up, he went out to visit his own people, the Hebrews, and he saw how hard they were forced to work. During his visit, he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews. After looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching, Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend? Moses said to the one who had started the fight. The man replied, Who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, thinking, Everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters who came as usual to draw water and fill the water troughs for their father's flocks. But some of the other shepherds came and chased them away. So Moses jumped up and rescued the girls from the shepherds. Then he drew water for the flocks. When the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked, Why are you back so soon today? An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they answered, and then he drew water for us and watered our flocks. Then where is he? their father asked. Why did you leave him there? Invite him to come and eat with us. Moses accepted the invitation and he set so. he settled there with him. In time Ruel gave Moses his daughter Zephora to be his wife. 
Later she gave birth to a son, and Moses named him Gershom, for he explained, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. Years passed, and the king of Egypt died, but the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help, and their cry rose, their, their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Amen. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses! Here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile, spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. And I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you, sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, If I go the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, they will ask me, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent you to me. Sent me to you. Sent, has sent me to you, <laughs> <laughs> Lord. Um, this is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Okay, now go and call together all the elders of Israel. Tell them the Lord of the God, 
the Lord, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, has appeared to me. He told me I have been watching closely and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. The elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell them, The Lord of God, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last he will let you go. And I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these strippings of Egyptians of their wealth. Wow. Amen. Wow. Ooh. That is something else. Yes. Huh? God, uh-huh. God is not only a... Amen. Okay, Matthew 17, 10 to 27. Then his disciples asked him, what, do you, what the teachers of religious law, why do they insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus replied, Indeed, coming first, Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, but he wasn't recognized. And they choose to abuse him, and in the name, in the same way, they will also make the Son of Man suffer. Then the disciples realized he was talking about John the Baptist. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to you, to your disciples, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Afterwards, the disciples asked Jesus privately, Why couldn't we cast out the demon, Lord? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as the mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible. Beautiful. After they gathered again in Galilee, Jesus told them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead, and the disciples were filled with grief. On their arrival in Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house 
But before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people or the people they have conquered? They tax the people they have conquered, Peter replied. Well then, Jesus said, The citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them. So go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch and you will find a large silver coin. Take it and pay the tax for both of us. <laughs> Praying the Psalms. In, in the way the Lord's Supper reminds you of Christ's death, imagine Christ's death as you pray these verses of Psalm 22. In the way that the Lord's Supper reminds you of Christ's death, imagine in Psalm 22 the death of Christ as you pray these verses. Here we go. My God, my God, Psalm 22, verses 1 through 18. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy and thrown in the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb and led me to trust you at my mother's breast. I was thrust into your arms at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Do not stay far from me, for trouble is near and no one else can help me. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. Like lions, they open their jaws against me, roaring and tearing into their prey. My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength has dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth, you have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. Proverbs 5, 7, 14 so now, my son, listen to me. Never stray for what am I about to say. Stay away from her. Don't go near the roof of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor and will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. In the end, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body, you will say, How I hated discipline. 
If only I had not ignored all the warnings. Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why I didn't I pay attention to my instructors? I have come to the brink of utter ruin, and now I I must face public disgrace. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. And Lord, we will start. Please be with us as as we think about your words that we just read, Lord. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay, uh, I'd like to mention, uh, well, just go backwards. First in Proverbs, I always tell that God lets, when God is mad at you, He lets you fall in a deep pit and brings the merciless people around you to take away your strength, your power, your wealth. And in the word disgrace, you have fallen out of disgrace. When I uncover myself, either with booze or jeering or, uh, what do you call it? Um, strife. Strife. Condemning, complaining, criticizing. I have chosen to be God. I have uncovered myself. And then if I don't get back under his cover or be humble and say I was wrong, then I will face utter ruin and public disgrace which is still his mercy I'm still under his mercy even in getting the harshest you know I lose my job so I'm just so grateful for the word of God that um, I said uncle amen I like the way it says you know in the end you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body not that part but um, the next Mm. one I'm sorry you will say how I hated discipline hmm if only I had not ignored all the warnings. Only, oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Mm. Why didn't I pay attention to my instructors? You know, when you said that, I saw the, the voices. I went to road camp last night to juvenile hall to talk to the kids with Les and Randy. Mm. And I saw, right now, I saw the voices' faces, and I thanked them for coming out. They could have came up with the cookies that we bring, but there mm-hmm. was about five of them, and I, I thanked them for being willing to uh, come out and learn and change. I said, that's all the, and I remember the script, that's the. That's all God needs, the little willingness, the little faith. He can work with that. Yeah. He can open up a whole new Amen. world for you. Amen. And, you know, you know, I just pray that, you, you know, they'd receive instructions and testimonies from our, from us. Mm-hmm. That this is the true way to go, to it. Words, words of life. Amen. Amen. Okay, Psalm 22. Uh, I see that. Um, I really like verse 10 where it says, I was thrust into your arms at my birth, and my soul knows it very well. You have been my God from the moment I was born. And my soul. You know, you had just, just feel it in your heart that when, when I. Uh, when I'm disconnected from my father, I know it in my in my downcast, and I don't feel right. I feel like I'm going to hell. But when I'm disconnected from my father, from that person that held me in his arms at my birth, Amen. yeah, with thrust, you led me to trust you in my mother's breast. You brought me safely from my mother's womb. You Lord, the, the Lord loves you know. And you, I know it in my soul. I sense it. And sometimes I can't put my hand on it. But I can feel that this is the right thing to do. To worship and praise my Heavenly Father. 
my being for giving me life. Amen. Yeah, and a lot of times it's our disconnect. It's not his disconnect. It's the fact that we're not connecting or taking time to get in the presence or hurried that day or, you know, there's a sense of feeling lonely, like you don't have God's presence with you, but he's there. Yeah, or, or choosing like the, the to go against. We know it's wrong, you know. Go to the dance, looking, for, you know, trying to fill in your own, mm-hmm, your own, because it's too boring over here, you know. Right. But you gotta got a timbre, you gotta call somebody, you gotta sing and dance, or okay, moving right along. Yeah, let's, let's uh, move. One that stands out for me is number five. Says they cried out to you and were saved. Uh, they trusted in you and they were never disgraced. You know, several times in the scripture, in the New Testament, it says, those who trust in the Lord will never be put to shame. Mm. Amen. So the, so us, we need to understand the word thrust. Thrust is we, we I think what it is, if we thrust our, 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 our flesh, our carnality, throws our soul into the hands of the Lord. We thrust our soul into the hands of God in a, in a faith manner. You know, we learn to be skillful and, and, and thrust Him. Put our trust in Him where truth comes from. Truth thrust into His hands. Lord, I trust You. You know, as He's on the cross, our ancestors trusted in You and You rescued them. Amen. So trust is a big... Thing we've got to develop yes. you know and some trials will cause you to um, depend on God draw near to God trust God I mean there's just no other way out but God you know it's a fine line between you 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 know relying on your instincts or relying on your thrust to God mm-hmm. and sometimes they're both the same mm-hmm. you know but you can tell when you're not thrusting God is when you're not thanking Him for the elf and the stepping on your toe. Ay, ay, I thank you, God. Woohoo! <laughs> or there's fear inside your thoughts. Or fear, you fear know. Fear of tomorrow. Fear. Yeah, you know, fear of the impending fear of doom. In. Oh, you know that boy, that's, that's a not hard on the side one. Of God there at that point. How am I going to pay my bills? You know, I had I take three steps back to take one step forward. You know, and, and I had to have faith in that I was making a lot of mistakes too. You know, financially, uh, jobs and careers. You know, um, I really yesterday hearing that sermon really blessed me because it says, "Yes, God is going to supply all your needs according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's going to meet your need." That when is you just, thrust in Him. Yeah, He's going to meet your need. There are conditions. But guess what? He wants to exceed and provide your dreams or your hearts. Amen. And so we got to look at God as, as being the God of the overflow or, and the God of more than enough and the God that wants you well, to Well, the, the, lady, the lady said that yes, because of the covenant, he's meeting your needs. Yes, yes. But if you want your wants, uh, you have to act, in essence, you have to act in faith. If you want a car, you gotta you got to go out there and, and, and smell it and, and you got to, uh, 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 your your faith has to be demonstrated by your actions and preparation. That's what mm-hmm. she's saying, you know. You know, it's just if you want a husband or a wife, you got to get cleaned up and go to the places where, this, where they're, they're there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and don't just sit home and right. say, well, where they're at. for your God to drop it out of the sky. You know, our yeah. actions yeah. signify our faith, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I remember when I 
when um, when I, I had to leave my area of Northern California to come down here um, to help my sister, but my actions of helping my sister led me to meet you and fall in love with you. Oh, you fell in love with me? Yeah. So I, I fell in love with your shoes, babe. Thank you, babe. So anyway, uh, what I'm saying is that you know she's right. You gotta take stick. You know, it's just not gonna fall down from the sky. You gotta go get it. Okay, so for the uh, for the tape's sake, what is describe what's once a week reward day? What do we do on a reward day? Well, reward day, we get up, we have some coffee, we read the word first, and then we get in the car, we have a, a place that we're going, and like often last year we went to the Lexus dealership, and we sat there and we drank some more coffee and. And we dream. And we dream. You go sat, and sit you inside the car and touched it, felt it. Test drive it. Test drive it. And we we just didn't go to one dealership. We went uh, wherever we were going and traveling. We, we like to look for the dealership and stop there. They treat us yeah. like royalty for one. Yeah, Escondido. We've been to Escondido. We've been to um, even the places over towards... We uh, Vegas very tight. Yeah. Uh, Las Vegas Sacramento. many times, Sacramento, Pleasanton, yeah, over here, um, over there by the beach, I think we stopped over there, oh, yeah. over there in that Lexus, so, and then also, we go in our own backyard, Longo Lexus, uh, you know, one of my favorite places is to go, is take me to Longo Lexus, you know, so we go, and not only that, when we're at Costco, there's a Lexus sitting out there, the ES 350 or whatever, the 350 model. What are we driving right now? We're driving an LS four hundred that came from God. But, but the the idea is to uh, exercise where you know our our faith muscle where we want to go. Right, and dream a little bit. You know, and I I remember the first time I wanted a a nice sports car, and I sat in a Lexus, um, you know, and I sat there for about fifteen twenty minutes. They had music, and they were selling cars like crazy, you know, they had this big old thing, and the music was blasting into the, and I sat there and I dreamed, but it wasn't about six months later I got a car that was like $20,000 less, but it was almost the same thing, the leather. Anyway, let's move on. Anyway. Uh, uh, we got to get going yeah, here. Yeah, let's go. Keep going. Uh, let me okay. read today's commentary. Is that okay? okay? Yes, yeah. sir. Go ahead. Uh, Jesus was determined to return to Jerusalem. He knew that he would die there, and the disciples heard him predict this in Matthew 16:28. But more importantly, he told of his resurrection. The disciples were discouraged by Jesus' words. They couldn't understand why Jesus wanted to go back to Jerusalem, where he would walk right into trouble. It seemed completely irrational. The disciples didn't fully comprehend the purpose of Jesus' death and resurrection until... Pentecost, Acts 2. They didn't know that Jesus' death and resurrection would make his kingdom possible. To Jesus, returning to Jerusalem made clear sense because he knew it would accomplish his purpose. Don't be surprised if your struggles to make sense of what God is doing in your life. After all, the disciples spent three years with him, saw his miracles, heard his words, and still had difficult understanding. Despite their questions and doubts, however, they believe when you face uncertainty, take steps in faith. There it is. 
in actions and trust that God will give you enough understanding for the next step. Sometimes obedience comes before understanding. It's beautiful. And what we're doing right now, even reading our Bible and taking the time to worship and praise and read our Bible, that is obedience. That's an obedience, you know, in our sake, you know, that no matter what we're going through, we're yeah. going to read and worship God we're, and read the Bible. This is the solid so, rock. Raining outside. Stand on the Word of God. So uh, let, let's go back first from, uh, from the bottom up. It says, uh, well, then, Jesus, the citizens are free. This is a beautiful illustration that the king, this is God's world and the kingdom, and we are his children. That's why we have dreams, and the Holy Spirit says, your daddy's rich, and the whole earth knows it very well. That's exactly what here. it's saying right here. Is that, that Which we, one, babe, are you? Uh, the taxes? 25 to... Okay, I got it. Yes, he does. Peter replies. Yeah, that one. Yeah, and then Peter... He said, yeah, we got it. You know, I remember him. You guys eating a turkey? Yeah, we're eating a turkey at home. I go to home, and it was like, no, there was no turkey. <laughs> and all the lights were off. The poorest can be. Everybody was skinny. And, and uh, we were, everybody was walking a watching a black and white TV. And I walked in, and they were all huddled together because there was no heat in the house. Uh-huh. My dad, my brothers and sisters, and my, my, my mom. Oh. And they were all huddled together, closed. There was, no, there was cold, and the air was no heat. And it was, you know, it was, it was Thanksgiving Day, and I was out playing with my friends, and all the parents called their friends, come on in, it's time to eat turkey. And they kept asking me, are you going to have turkey for uh, me? And I just, like, Peter said, oh, yeah, I'll be there, sure, yeah. <laughs> By the time I got home, I was so fired up, yeah. I believed it. Yeah. There was not, the kitchen was turned off, it was uh, cold, there was nothing. And we uh, sat there with my mom, and poverty was, was a uh, real thing. And I remember, and, I, and you know what I thought of? I thought about the uh, concentration camp pictures because they were all, mm. you know, and I could have done something. How old were you, babe? I must have been about 12, 11. Mm. How that play? I came home, they're all watching a black and white TV and the images mm -hmm. are, are going mm -hmm. in their faces and they're... And what anyway. kind of Thanksgiving are you having today? Oh, I'm rejoicing. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I have family all over the world, uh -huh. babe. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay, let's move on. After they gathered again in Galilee, Jesus told them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed, okay, into the hands. We, we read that, be killed, and he resurrected and established the kingdom of God. But I really like the place where he said, Why couldn't we cast out yeah, the demon? Uh -huh. And Jesus said, I really, I got that. You don't have enough faith. Even with a little mustard of mm -hmm. faith, you can say to this thing, He yeah, goes, Because you, yeah. you have it inside you. You have the Spirit of God inside mm -hmm. you. You yeah. can tell you. You know, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. And I said, I command those people to get out of 409 Sierra, Madre Boulevard, and get out of that house and leave my house alone now. See, that's the kind of faith he's talking about. I want to buy that house. Wow. He does say, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Um, so that's so so interesting that they had, like it said, uh, they had been with them. They heard his words. They saw him do miracles. And they, I mean, it's like they still didn't have the faith that they could run with this power. Well, you know, just going over the same thing over and over mm -hmm. again, you know, and trying to give these guys um, some insight on 
how how he works, how the kingdom of God works. I think that what we're corrupt, we need a to go to the translation. Yeah, I'm just reading the easy to read. See what it says here. Jesus and the and the followers went back to the people. A man came to Jesus, bowed before him. The man said, "Lord, be kind to my son. He suffers so much from seizures." Uh, Jesus answered, "You people today have no faith. Your lives are so wrong. How long must I stay with you? How long must I must continue to be patient with you? Bring the boy here." Jesus gave a strong command to the demon inside the boy. The demon came out of the boy. A strong command. Then the followers came. They said, we tried to force the demon out of the boy. Why couldn't we? Why, why were we not able to make the demon go out? Jesus answered, you were not able to make the demon go out because your faith is too small. Believe me when I tell you, if your faith is only as big as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will obey you. Uh, it will move. You will be able to do anything. Uh, where did he get mad at them? He was in number um, 17. That's when he said he was mad? Mm-hmm. You people today have no faith. Your lives are so wrong. Uh-huh. Okay, let's go uh, another one. Let's see. Let's try the Good News Bible. Good News Translation. That says, Jesus answered, How unbelieving and wrong you people are. Mm-hmm. It's just wrong thinking. How long must I stay with you? How long do I have to put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And Jesus gave a command to the demon. Why couldn't it? Jesus, it was because you don't have enough faith. I assure you that if you have faith as big as a mustard seed, you can say to this hill, go from here and it will obey you. Okay, another translation would be, um, well, the only one we have left is uh, the message. Let me try the good news. See. How unbelieving and wrong you people are. How long must I stay with you? How long must I put up with you? Okay. Let's, let's see the Message Bible. Again. The Message Bible said, Jesus said, What a generation. No sense of God. No focus to your lives. Beautiful. How many times do I have to go over these things? How much longer do I have to put up with this? Bring the boy here. He ordered the afflicted demon out, and it was out. Then the disciples asked him, why? Why couldn't we throw it out? Because you're not yet taking God seriously, Jesus mm, said. Wow. The simple trust is that if you had a mere kernel, simple trust, a poppy seed, you would tell this mountain, move, and it will move. There's nothing you will have to be able to tackle. So the simple trust in God and and faith and taking God seriously is what our command is. You know, that we believe what we say and do. You believe the Word of God, what it says you can do. I am who is, you know, who He says I am. Greater works will you do because Jesus went to the Father. Greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. You know, the Word of God is where we get our faith. Right? Right. Hearing comes by the Word of God, and hearing the Word of God. Um, are you done with that one? Let's just let me a little bit in the Spanish. Okay. Oh, gente sin fe y perversa, hasta cuándo tendré que estar con ustedes? Hasta cuándo tendré que soportarlos? Traigan acá al muchacho. Mm-hmm. 
y Jesús reprendió, the word reprendió, reprimanded, reprimand, wow, what a nice word. Y dice, porque ustedes tienen muy poca fe. Les aseguro que si tuvieran fe, aunque solo fuera del tamaño de una semilla, le dirán a este cerro, quítate de aquí y vete a otro lugar, y el cerro se quitará, nada les será imposible. If you even had this, because the mustard seed's really small. Mm-hmm. If you had this much belief, mm-hmm. you know, even with that small amount of belief, you can move problems out of the way. Did you have a such small level? I really believe because they didn't, those were workers. They really didn't read those Psalms and Proverbs and meditated on the Word to cultivate their mm-hmm. heart with the Word of God. They were workers. And those that Jesus is I remember the teacher in our in our computer class act like this that Jesus did. We kept going over the same thing and we couldn't understand what the you know, a certain part of the computer and work with another computer and he just got oh man, how long must I put up with you guys? You know? He was trying to explain something and I see it the oh you gener and he says it again here in Spanish Oh generacion incredula. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting word because that means you're not you're you're not you're created to believe your creation, incredula y perversa. You're going against creation, incredula y perversa. Dijo Jesús, hasta cuándo tendré que soportarlos? Tráiganme al muchacho. Jesús reprendió al demonio que estaba en muchacho y se salió. Más tarde los discípulos le preguntaron privado a Jesús. ¿Por qué no pudimos echar fuera aquel demonio? Porque tienen muy poca fe, le respondió Jesús. Si tuvieran siquiera una fe tan pequeña como un grano de mostaza, podrían decirle a aquella montaña que se quitará y medio de se quitará. Nada les sería imposible. Uh, I wonder if there was ever a Spanish message Bible. There's not one yet. Mm. It's going to be fun when they, uh, yeah. they put one together because... Ustedes, okay, here's another one, TLA. Ustedes están confundidos y no confían en Dios. No confían en Dios. Confundidos y confían. ¿Acaso no puede hacer nada sin mí? ¿Cuándo van a aprender? Digo, ¿acaso? In case, why in the case you, you can't do nothing without me? I mean, you have to do it with me all the time. He says, in other words, uh, acaso no pueden hacer nada sin mí, acaso. In other words, he says, he's telling them, I mean, the, the floor is open for you. You can do what I can do. He goes, he's already telling them, you can do that. Because you're, you're confused and you don't have confidence in God. Mm-hmm. And now he says, ¿Por qué no pudimos sacar ese demonio? Jesús le respondió, porque ustedes no confían en Dios. Les aseguro que si tuvieran una confianza tan pequeña como un grano de mostaza, podría adornarla a esta montaña que se moviera en lugar en los cerros. Nada será imposible para ustedes. It's interesting that the word they use over here is confidence and uh, creer, uh, confiar, 
they they strike home to me. T L A. It's called the living. No, excuse me. It's a Spanish translation. Traducción en lenguaje actual. Actual translation. That's what this says. Tradition. Tra traducción. Very nice. Um, just one question. I, was, I put a little star by it at the beginning of the scripture. It says, Jesus replied, Elijah is indeed coming to get everything ready. But I tell you, Elijah has already come. Wait. So then the disciples asked him, Why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus replied, Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, but he wasn't recognized. And they chose to abuse him, and in the same way, they will also make the Son of Man suffer. It says, then the disciples realized he was talking about John the Baptist. So, how do we get from Elijah to John the Baptist? I know John the Baptist is the one that paved the way for the Lord, the Messiah to come. And he kept prophesying to the people, you know. And when he came up from the water... And the Holy Spirit was on him, you know, he knew and saw that this was Jesus. So I'm wondering, how, how do we go from Elijah to the John the Baptist in this? I'm not getting it. Well, because remember that uh, every action that Jesus did had to be spoken about hundreds and hundreds of years to establish it on earth. God speaks it to a prophet, and the right. prophet speaks it out, and other right. people speak it out. Right. And as they speak it out, they make it come true. And when Jesus came... It, all the words were already established for him to run on. Mm -hmm. and, mm. and Isaiah was one of the first ones yeah. that received those words from God. And he started voicing that out a thousand years before Jesus. Right. And then everybody voiced it out on their Bible studies and voiced it out. And right. through their spirit, they make the words come alive. And when Jesus came, uh, John was that you know, and it's interesting, even to today, they still say Elijah's going to come at the end mm -hmm, times. Mm -hmm. And they give you those erroneous teachings. You uh, read them, and you can read them out of context, and, you, and it's so plain, so clear that Jesus said, John was Elijah. You know, that's supposed to come. That's interesting. Did I say it right? You that Elijah it. must return yeah. before the Messiah. What well, was the spirit of Elijah? Mm. You know, it was the actions of it's Elijah. Pathetic. Yeah, yeah, but I, I do know in the scripture in Ezekiel, I think it's in Ezekiel, we'll have to look this up, but um, where it does say that Ezekiel, um, you know, not Ezekiel, but Elijah and Moses are supposed to be here in the end times. And that um, for Ezekiel's part is to turn the hearts back to the Father. So that's, that is in the scripture. I, I, it could be again, you know, we have to go into it when we get there, yeah, <laughs> little but, by little. But I do, I do believe that there's something that's going to happen with Elijah and Moses. In the end. Yeah, it's very simple. Everything's already done. Jesus mm -hmm. is already coming back. Moses did come. He appeared with Jesus. Mm -hmm. Elijah did appear with Jesus. Yeah. That, that scripture yeah. there can, can fit right there, too. Yeah. And also it could be it, taken out of context. Yeah. In Revelation, it talks about the two witnesses. Okay. That's just it's something else to explore. There are two witnesses to get people saved more in the seven-year tribulation, right? You know, it could be yeah. that, you know, to, to do more signs and wonders to get people saved right. for the Lamb of God in God's mercy. He's a constant Father that's showing mercy to get people saved. And we're, Amen.
We'll have to do the... Uh, yeah, and I have heard that Elisha and Moses' name come up for the end times. Yeah, but when we read that, we'll go through it. Yeah, we'll thoroughly. go through it. And I've heard Pastor Prince teach on it too. But for us, it's, 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 for us, for the truth right now, is to be confident in God, be focused in Him, Amen. and rebuke spirits. That's our job right now. Oh. You know, to, to walk by that. faith. We have the Old, the Old Testament. I just put it away. <laughs> yeah, well, we're done right now. Okay. We'll come back. Okay. In Jesus' name. Okay. Yeah. All right. Additional commentary for January 26. Onward verses. Um, Exodus 2, 11 to 322. Would you please start our commentary, honey? Okay. Um, you want to pray? Ro Roger Let's that. Pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your word. Thank you for allowing us, Lord God, to be healed by listening to your word. Uh, thanking you for your promises, Lord God. We, our confidence and trust is in you, Lord. We confide our souls, know it very well, that you are our, our Father and our God and our caretaker. Thank you that your loving kindness is forever. Your loving kindness is constant, Lord, and we have faith in that. Thank you for taking good care of us. We are satisfied with our care, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Yeah, I just, uh, I like where it says in, in 23, wait, 2 to 11, 2 to 3, 23, um, I think it's 23, it says here, years passed, oh, Well, that was that we start at the beginning where um, Moses saw that they were beating the Egyptians, the Hebrews were, or the Egyptians were beating the Hebrews, and he killed the um, the Egyptian man and he hid it in the sand, and and then later he finds out that um, somebody saw him do that, and uh, he says, "Who appointed?" The man replied, "Who appointed you to be our prince and judge?" Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday? So, um... That brings up a good point, because I think the common the common saying was is that Moses already told him, I want to be your... I want to be your... He was already acting like a prince and judge mm -hmm. over the people. Mm. Over the Israelites. That's where the statement probably came from. Who appointed you? You know, he's probably been mm. acting in that, mm -hmm. in that, in that, in addition to killing the Egyptian. Yeah, yeah. and it and it seems like a con when you lead, it seems that you have people that complaining when you lead. It's like, who are you? Who's made you this? Who's done? You know, you you start to see comments like that come your way. Yeah, yeah, and you have to uh, do it for the good people uh -huh. to keep them in mind mm -hmm. that God's people are listening. <laughs> Let me read the commentary real quick. Okay. Like it said, okay. God doesn't always rescue us the moment we want Him to. It had been four centuries since God had promised to bring the Hebrew slaves out of Egypt, Genesis 15, 16. The people had waited on God a long time to fulfill His promise. It would have been very easy for the Hebrew to give up hope and abandon their faith. But God rescued them when he knew the right time had come. God knows the best time to act. When you feel that God has forgotten you in your troubles, remember that God has a schedule we can't see and won't always understand. 
Amen. Remember in the last couple of chapters, we were reading about how Moses came and the, the mom saw that he was an exceptional child. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It jumped 300 yes. years. Uh-huh. You notice? Yeah. It jumped from Jacob, which was, and then all of a sudden it jumped to Moses, and that was about a 300 and something, maybe wow. 350 mm-hmm. gap year <coughs> that it jumped all of a sudden. A lot of the... Um, or maybe it was, uh, but anyway, that's, uh, <clears throat> you know, that's it's just a good point. It's on God's scheduled time, you know. Um, that's what uh, Joel Olsen's talking about, the okay. appointed time. Yeah. And it just made me realize that when we praise God for a problem, uh-huh. there is a <coughs> appointed, <coughs> you know, what made me <coughs> realize is, is the humor and the joy that hit us at 7-Eleven when we're with that Indian, <clears throat> the guy from India, mm-hmm. when we were getting coffee and he, and he noticed you're chattering, you know, you're, you're asking so many questions and he tells me, you're so quiet and calm and you're, yeah, honey, yes, honey, yes, honey. <laughs> <laughs> but I realized that that's the ultimate of the appointed time of thanking and praising God for a situation mm. that you're going to get the re- I am your great reward and your shield. So mm. we thank Him and we praise Him, and then I am your. And then all of a sudden the pay the uh, payload comes, the payoff. Yeah. You see, we, us we need that payoff for our hope uh-huh. and the tree of life, and to to know that we're working. See, hopelessness comes is when there's nothing. Right. There's no. You know, there's no uh, outlook on what the future is going to bring. Right. But um, and it still gave me a belly laugh, and I've experienced a belly laugh from that. Because when we got home, even at night, I was still laughing really hard. <coughs> so that was really that true was joy God, from heaven. Uh, God gave us that, and I'm glad I didn't judge it. And, and I was yeah. always saying, "Well, I want to go across town and pick up some dozen tortillas," and I'm thinking. <clears throat> they sell tortillas right down the street, honey. Not homemade ones, be. <clears throat> or, you know, go down the street over there, get some free coffee. I'm thinking, well, you know, we don't need coffee now, right? Anyway, I just decided to go along. On how many times we have turned down our free bagel and our free coffee because we didn't have time, you know. Mm-hmm. But now, we're just, well, let's just go with the flow. We're meeting more people. We're blessing more people. Mm-hmm. We're more happier. All right. I didn't mean to put, get on and, and, and good point from that. It's been, uh, this commentary says it's been four centuries. 400 years. That's a long time to wait. And we think <clears throat> as, of us, our human mind, when we're waiting for some breakthrough or something, we haven't gone to 400 years. God's, you know, it's just, it's a long time, many generations. Well, you know, that they had their teachings of uh, Noah. They had their teachings of Adam. They had their teachings of, uh, uh, you know, of, of, of the, of Abraham. You know, and they had the stories. I, I'm sure they already had them in writing. They didn't verbally say them. But that's what they studied. Uh, and then probably the, the presence of God was there amusing them or carrying them through and talking and give strength in them. And, and you know, they were, they were, they were pretty... Um, I don't know what time the uh, that new pharaoh came in and made them made them uh, slaves, but I'm sure it was way over a hundred years after Jacob passed yeah. away, because they you know they multiplied greatly into the millions from seventy 
How long yeah. does it take to multiply 70? You know? Mm, yeah. They didn't multiply greatly, the scripture says. But it should have been maybe 100 or 200 years afterwards, and then they, they uh, surrounded them. All right, moving yeah, right on ahead. I want to go back to the beginning a little bit. Um, yeah. After 15, I think it's in the middle of 15, uh, um, it says, When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. And when we first read this, I just thought... Um, it was similar, you know. We see Jesus going to the to the well um, to meet the the well. The well. It sounds like whale. You're yeah, saying. a whale. W e l l. A well. A well. <laughs> saying a whale. Yeah. So a, a whale. <laughs> a well. <laughs> okay. So the drop the l. A. Yeah. Say well. Well. <laughs> so. Jesus was at the well. <laughs> w e l l, the well. Okay, that's where Jesus came with the water. You know, still comes out well. Yeah, it does. Okay, he came there to sit there and he talked to the Samaritan woman who was also getting water at the well. Well. <laughs> okay. All so, is well. All is well. <laughs> that would have a, a con. Complex when I hear that word or read it. Okay, so he uh, came to the well. <laughs> as now the priest of Midian had seven daughters who came, as usual, to draw the water and fill the water. So, um, you know, because he helped her with the water, draw the water, you know, um, it. it you know, she went back and told her dad, and the dad says, invite him over. Why'd you leave him there? Invite him to eat with us. But I just thought it was really this, where he met her, where they met at the well. <laughs> the at well. The what? The well. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to get past well, this, okay? So anyways, I thought that was an interesting sign. Well, try to say it in Spanish. In Spanish, is pozo. El pozo. <laughs> I sounds like oso. <laughs> Sounds like you said husband. Okay. So, anyways, that was awesome. So, um, then uh, as we move into thirty uh, twenty-three, that's where I was gonna start before we I started talking about the previous. Uh, it says years passed, and the king of Egypt died, and but the Israelites continued to groan. Okay, their 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 prayers were groanings. Under their burden of slavery, they cried out for help, and their cry rose up to God. And God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. So, The appointed time. Yeah, the appointed time. Not only the appointed time, but the groaning and the cries of the people. Mm. God heard it, mm. you know, and he... You know, it's like when we're going through something and you don't want to, you don't talk about it, you don't, even if you don't pray about it, mm -hmm. you're groaning inside your spirit. Your spirit knows what to pray for you. Even the groan is a prayer. But they did cry out to God and God did hear their groaning. That's very important. I think, um, I think that's in Romans somewhere or in yeah, Hebrews. Eight. Yeah. He hears our groans of the Holy Spirit yeah. cannot be uttered. Right. 
Uh, you know, it's, it's really important. I just want to switch this. You know, born again, God heard their praising, mm-hmm. and you remember his covenant promise to Abraham. So praising for a problem is similar to groaning. Mm-hmm. You know, yes. let's, say, let's say, for instance, you know, a severe problem. You, you run a red light, you hit somebody, and you injure somebody, and, oh, man, you know, they're going to take all your houses and stuff, or and that person's okay. And you're praising him for the situation. <laughs> trying trying not to groan. Anyway, that's mm-hmm. just a little. And it's time to act. Yeah. So, and then the, and we see that um, then he, you know, goes on and he was tending to the flocks. But he came to Sinai, which is called the mountain of God. And that's when the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the, in the middle of a bush. And that got Moses' attention. Because the bush was engulfed in the flames, but it wasn't burning up. And so he said, I must go see it. You know, um, God, what I want to say about God is, is he doesn't always appear the same way to all people. Mm-hmm. There's different different methods that he reaches out. And sometimes it's the method that, that you understand, that you can grasp. Um and sometimes it's just a word that he gives you for that day where he's speaking you and guiding you. So we have to have our eyes open and our ears open and our heart ready to receive anything that the Spirit is saying around you throughout your day. You know, try not to be cluttered with the day-to-day this and that and your to-do list and da-da-da-da-da-da-da that you miss God just saying thank you to you or I love you or just, you know... Telling you go in this direction, don't go that direction. So that's awesome. And um, then it says, when the Lord saw Moses uh, coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. So immediately he recognized it was was God, right? And um, it says, when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Standing on holy ground, and he and that's where he begins his ministry. Because he tells them, "I've certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. Okay, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt and their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land, it flowing with milk, milk and, and honey. honey. Praise God. We have mm-hmm. milk and honey in yeah. our house today. And yeah. It's constant. It doesn't go yeah. away. It's a mm-hmm. blessing. God yeah, it has, keeps coming. God has established that, that uh, principle in our land here in Glendora. Yeah. We have always milk and honey, and it comes in. The honey comes in free from a local grower, from some... Christians are bring it to us. Amen. So um, that's where he gets his assignment. Um, I'm sending you to Fer- uh, number t- 10. Uh, it's 310. Um, now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Egypt? Who am I is what he's saying. <laughs> <clears throat> and but God says, I'll be with you, and this is your sign that I'm the one who has sent you. 
When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. Okay, so he already gives them a prophetic word that says, this is going to be your sign. When, when you lead them out, you'll come back to this mountain. Well, what kind of sign is that? That's after <laughs> that I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, it's a sign after the fact. Yeah. I mean, it, he's giving him a... I want uh -huh. you to imagine... But it hasn't happened yet. I want right. you to imagine yourself that you're in front of this mountain with all the people worshiping me. Now, that is your sign that Moses is saying. That's my sign? Yeah. So if he keeps that in his imagination, yeah. that's his goal. Right. He goes, the goal will be for an appointed time. Uh-huh. You know, that's constructive imagination. That's using the imagination in the right time because your Father in Heaven has given you that picture. That's what I see. Mm -hmm. I will be with you. He goes, Moses, who am I to appear before? Yeah. How am I to relieve the people of Israel out of Egypt? And I will be with you. Okay, you'll be with me. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. What sign is that? That you have brought the people out of Egypt. You will worship God at this very mountain. That's mm -hmm. the sign, but that's mm -hmm. after the fact sign. Yeah. So the first sign is, I will be with you. That's all it is. That's strong enough. Yeah. And yeah, I will be with you is enough for him to say, okay, I'll go do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. But and then you when you, the sign to you will be, because he says, who am I to lead you? So the sign will be, you'll be back on this mountain to worship me. Yeah, there's a lot more to it, but yeah. I really believe it's a, it's a finished product. Yeah, it's a done he deal. He showed him the finished product. Yes, yes very like. good, yes. And then, you know, and he got it in his heart, and uh -huh. for him, he cultivated that, and with God's yeah. power. That's why we're to keep in our hearts the finished product of what God says, who we are through his body. Amen. I am with you. I supply all your needs according to my riches. What's the finished product? He goes, I am the Lord God. Your daddy is rich, and the whole earth knows it very well. Finished product. Amen. That's, that's a good point. The finished work at the cross is where we keep our eyes on. Mm -hmm. In today's, that's our, that's the sign, you know, that we have to and work. The sign with. is the world that He will be with us, and this is the sign yeah. that He, that the world will know that the Lord God is with us because yeah. He's spreading a good banquet in front of us, you know. Yeah. He is our sign. Okay. I'm um, gonna read it in the Spanish version. He said, God replied, to, uh, and later in 14, God replied to Moses. Oh, he wanted to know, well, if I go, who do I say, what do I tell them? And God is clearly instructing them. He said, the, uh, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you. They will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And God says, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yah. Way. The God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham. She sounds funny in Spanish. Yeah, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And I think that might be the first time we see Yahweh appear. The name. Uh, the name. In Spanish, is uh, you're saying. Uh, oh, I know. Don't repeat it. <clears throat> so. 14. It said, and, and it means this is my eternal name. My name to remember for all generations. Okay. Amen. So, um,
me see. So he gives them the dialogue of what to tell them, you know, that God has seen their um, their suffering and oppression and that he's going to lead them out to the land flowing with milk and honey. And it's, he says, God tells me in 18, the elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. So please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. And, and he goes on to say, But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I'll raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last he will let you go. And I will cause you... Uh, this, is, this is gets better... And I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably, favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. And as we call, we're going to see later that um, we did see that the, the uh, when they left and they, they left Egypt, they left with silver and gold, and not one of them was feeble among them. Amen. Okay. Is that it? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing is, see, I have been watching closely. You know, this gave me faith to go and speak to the people that are in my house. You know, God has showed me a house. He goes, I have promised to rescue you from your oppression. 17. In Egypt, I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Parasites, Jebusites, and Jebusites now live. So I'm here in Glendora, so I'm going to need to go to those houses and say, Get out of the house, Hanson. That's my house. Get out of the house, Thomas. That's my house. Get out of the house, Smith. That house belongs to me. You know, I got to go out there and boot these non-believers out of my property. Get out of that, that uh, avocado orchard. That's my avocado orchard. I want that land, all of it. Doesn't seem, uh, you know, you got to read into these things, honey. Am I being a little... Okay, the Message Bible says, I will be with you, God said, for verse 12, 312 in Exodus, and this will be the proof that I am the one who sent you. When you have brought my people out of Egypt, you will worship God right here in this very mountain. That will be the proof. When you have brought my... Then I'm with you. That's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> going to take a miracle and only you can do yeah, it. Yeah, but he's re in the beginning he's reassuring them, I'll be with you. And then the second part is the sign will be. Mm, the accomplishment. Huh? Yeah. That I am with you. Because he's so... <coughs> but by that time like, he's already... Why are you he, sending me? I'm not capable. But by that time I can't he's, do the he's, job. he's already convinced. No, he's not. Cause he, did, yeah. you, did you mention the gold? Yeah. 
The woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from mm -hmm. Egypt. And, okay, so <clears throat> we go up to the mountains and we ask the, the, the Glendorians, we ask them for their silver and their gold and fine clothing. And I had that happen. I had people brought gold to the to the park because I was asking for it. Now, I'm looking for 25 tons of gold. Somebody brought me a, pla a plaque of gold. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I keep asking, huh? Mm-hmm. You will dress your sons and daughters with the, these strippings, stripping the Egyptians, stripping the Glendorians of their wealth. Amen. Amen. Lord our God, we surrender to you, Lord. Do as you will, Lord. Thank you for your scripture in Isaiah 41.10. That it is your will to be my God. It is your will to be our God. It is your will to help us. It is your will that we be not dismayed or confused. It is your will that, that you will strengthen us. It is your will to give us wisdom. It is your will to give us love. It is your will to give us power and strength, Lord. We thank you. And it is your will to be constantly with us, Lord. Christ in us, Christ around us, Christ in our ears and our eyes and our tongue, Jesus Christ in our hearts, and we plead the blood of Jesus that cleanses us, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we were wrong, and you forgave our wrongness in our past. You forgive our wrongness today, and you forgive our wrongness in the future. And we do the same with our fellow man, Lord. We forgive others as you've forgiven us. And, Lord, we become as little children, Lord God, willing to learn willing to listen to our daddy, Abba, Father, Lord, willing to comprehend, Lord, what you're telling the churches today, learning, learning, yearning to learn and learn to grow, Lord, in your word. Let me thank you for January the 26th and reading of your word. Amen. Okay, Exodus 2.11. Amen. Exodus 2.11. 22 um, uh, 2.11 to 3.22 it says many in, uh, years later when Moses had grown up he went out to visit his own people the Hebrews and he saw how hard they were forced to work during his visit he saw an Egyptian beating one of his fellow Hebrews after looking in all directions to make sure no one was watching Moses killed the Egyptian and hid the body in the sand. The next day when Moses went out to visit his people again, he saw two Hebrew men fighting. Why are you beating up your friend, Moses said to the one who had started the fight. The man replied, who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed the Egyptian yesterday? Then Moses was afraid, thinking everyone knows what I did. And sure enough, Pharaoh heard what had happened, and he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in the land of Midian. When Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. Now the priest of Midian had seven daughters who came as usual to draw water and fill the water troughs for their father's flocks. But some of the other shepherds came and chased them away. 
So Moses jumped up and rescued the girls from the shepherds. Then he drew water for the flocks. When the girls returned to Ruel, their father, he asked, Why are you back so soon today? An Egyptian rescued us from the shepherds, they answered, and then he drew water for us and watered our flocks. Then where is he? their father asked. Why did you leave him there? Invite him to come and eat with us. Moses accepted the invitation and he set so. he settled there with him. In time Ruel gave Moses his daughter Zephorah to be his wife. Later she gave birth to a son. And Moses named him Gershom, for he explained, I have been a foreigner in a foreign land. Years passed, and the king of Egypt died. But the Israelites continued to groan under their burden of slavery. They cried out for help, and their cry, ro their, their cry rose up to God. God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. Amen. One day Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. So I've come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile, spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey. The land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me. And I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abused them. Now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? God answered, I will be with you. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. But Moses protested, If I go the people of Israel and tell them the God of your ancestors has sent me to you, 
they will ask me, What is his name? Then what should I tell them? God replied to Moses, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent you to me. Sent me to you. Sent has sent me to you <laughs> Lord um, this is my eternal name my name to remember for all generations okay now go and call together all the elders of Israel tell them the Lord of the God the Lord the God of your ancestors the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob has appeared to me he told me, I have been watching closely and I see how the Egyptians are treating you. I have promised to rescue you from your oppression in Egypt. I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites now live. The elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell them, The Lord of God... The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has met with us. So please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I will raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last he will let you go. And I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and find clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these strippings of Egyptians of their wealth. Amen. Wow. Ooh. That is something else. Yes. Huh? God, uh -huh. God is not only a... Amen. Okay, Matthew 17, 10 to 27. Then his disciples asked him, what, do you, what the teachers of religious law, why do they insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus replied, Indeed, coming first, Elijah is indeed coming first. To get everything ready. But I tell you, Elijah has already come. But he wasn't recognized. And they choose to abuse him. And in the name, in the same way, they will also make the Son of Man suffer. Then the disciples realized he was talking about John the Baptist. At the foot of the mountain, a large crowd was waiting for them. A man came and knelt before Jesus and said, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and suffers terribly. He often falls into the fire or into the water. So I brought him to you, to your disciples, they, but they couldn't heal him. Jesus said, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. Then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy and it left him from that moment the boy was well 
Afterwards, the disciples asked Jesus privately, Why couldn't we cast out the demon, Lord? You don't have enough faith, Jesus told them. I tell you the truth. If you had faith even as small as the mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible. Beautiful. After they gathered again in Galilee, Jesus told them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed into the hands of his enemies. He will be killed, but on the third day he will be raised from the dead, and the disciples were filled with grief. On their arrival in Capernaum, the collectors of the temple tax came to Peter and asked him, Doesn't your teacher pay the temple tax? Yes, he does, Peter replied. Then he went into the house, but before he had a chance to speak, Jesus asked him, What do you think, Peter? Do kings tax their own people? Or the people they have conquered. They tax the people they have conquered, people replied. Well then, Jesus said, the citizens are free. However, we don't want to offend them. So go down to the lake and throw in a line. Open the mouth of the first fish you catch. And you will find a large silver coin. Take it and pay the tax for both of us. <laughs> cool. Praying the Psalms. In, in the way the Lord's Supper reminds you of Christ's death, imagine Christ's death as you pray these verses of Psalm 22. In the way that the Lord's Supper reminds you of Christ's death, imagine in Psalm 22 the death of Christ as you pray these verses. Here we go. My God, my God, Psalm 22, verses 1 through 18. My God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Why are you so far away when I groan for help? Every day I call to you, my God, but you do not answer. Every night you hear my voice, but I find no relief. Yet you are holy and thrown in the praises of Israel. Our ancestors trusted in you and you rescued them. They cried out to you and were saved. They trusted in you and were never disgraced. But I am a worm and not a man. I am scorned and despised by all. Everyone who sees me mocks me. They sneer and shake their heads, saying, Is this the one who relies on the Lord? Then let the Lord save him. If the Lord loves him so much, let the Lord rescue him. Yet you brought me safely from my mother's womb, and led me to trust you at my mother's breast. I was thrust into your arms at my birth. You have been my God from the moment I was born. Do not stay far from me, for trouble is near, and no one else can help me. My enemies surround me like a herd of bulls. Fierce bulls of Bashan have hemmed me in. Like lions, they open their jaws against me, roaring and tearing into their prey. My life is poured out like water, and all my bones are out of joint. My heart is like wax melting within me. My strength has dried up like sun-baked clay. My tongue sticks to the roof of my mouth. You have laid me in the dust and left me for dead. My enemies surround me like pack of dogs. An evil gang closes in on me. They have pierced my hands and feet. I can count all my bones. 
My enemies stare at me and gloat. They divide my garments among themselves and throw dice for my clothing. Proverbs 5, 7, 14. So now, my son, listen to me. Never stray for what I'm about to say. Stay away from her. Don't go near the roof of her house. If you do, you will lose your honor and will lose to merciless people all you have achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. In the end, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body. You will say, How I hated discipline. If only I had not ignored all the warnings. Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why I didn't I pay attention to my instructors? I have come to the brink of utter ruin, and now I must, I must face public disgrace. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reading of your word. And Lord, we will start. Please be with us as we, as we think about your words that we just read, Lord. In the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Okay, uh, I'd like to mention, uh, well, just go backwards. First in Proverbs, I always tell that God lets, when God is mad at you, He lets you fall in a deep pit and brings the merciless people around you to take away your strength, your power, your wealth. And in uh, the word disgrace, you have fallen out of disgrace. When I uncover myself, either with booze or jeering or, uh, what do you call it? Um, right. Strife, condemning, complaining, criticizing. I have chosen to be God. I have uncovered myself. And then if I don't get back under his cover or be humble and say I was wrong, then I will face utter ruin and public disgrace, which is still his mercy. I'm still under his mercy. Even in getting the harshest, you know, I lose my job. So I'm just so grateful for the Word of God that um, I said, Uncle, Amen. I like the way it says, you know, in the end you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body. Not that part, but um, the next mm. one, I'm sorry. You will say, how I hated discipline. Mm. If only I had not ignored all the warnings. Only, oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Mm. Why didn't I pay attention to my instructors? You know, when you said that, I saw the, the voices. I went to road camp last night to juvenile hall to talk to the kids with Les and Randy. Mm. And I saw, I, right now, I saw the voices' faces, and I thanked them for coming out. They could have came out with the cookies that we bring, but there mm -hmm. was about five of them. And I, I thanked them for being willing to uh, come out and learn and change. I said, that's all the, and I remember the script, that's, the, that's all God needs. The little willingness, a little faith, he can work with that. Yeah. He can open up a whole Amen. new world for you. Amen. And, you know, you know, I just pray that, you, you know, they'd receive instructions and testimonies from, our, from us mm -hmm. that this is the true way mm -hmm. to go, to it, words, mm -hmm. words of life. Amen. Amen. Okay, Psalm 22. Uh, I see that um, I really like verse 10 where it says, I was thrust into your arms at my birth. And my soul knows it very well. Mm -hmm. 
You have been my God from the moment I was born. Amen. And my soul. You know, you just just feel it in your heart that when when I uh, when I'm disconnected from my father, I know it in my in my downcast and I don't feel right. I feel like I'm going to hell. But when I'm disconnected from my father, from that person that held me in his arms at my birth. Amen. Yeah, with thrust. You led me to trust you in my mother's breast. You brought me safely from my mother's womb. You love, the Lord loves me, you know. And you, I know it in my soul. I sense it. And sometimes I can't put my hand on it. But I can feel that this is the right thing to do. To worship and praise my Heavenly Father. My being for giving me life. Amen. Yeah, and a lot of times it's our disconnect. It's not His disconnect. It's the fact that we're not connecting or taking time to get in the presence or hurried that day or, you know, there's a sense of feeling lonely, like you don't have God's presence with you, but He's there. Yeah, or, there. or choosing, like, the, the to go against. We know it's wrong, you know, go to the dance, looking, for, you know, trying to fill in your own, because mm-hmm, own. it's too boring over here, you know, right. but you got to got a timbre, you got to call somebody, you got to sing and dance. Or, okay, moving right along. Yeah, let's, let's uh, move. One that stands out for me is number five. It says, they cried out to you and were saved. Uh, they trusted in you and they were never disgraced. You know, several times in the scripture, in the New Testament, it says, those who trust in the Lord will never be put to shame. Mm. Okay. Amen. So, the, so us, we need to understand the word thrust. Thrust is we, we, I think what it is is we thrust our, 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 our flesh, our carnality, throws our soul into the hands of the Lord. We thrust our soul into the hands of God in a, in a faith manner. You know, we learn to be skillful and, and, and thrust Him. Put our trust in Him where truth comes from. Truth thrust into His hands. Lord, I trust you. You know, as he's on the cross, as our ancestors trusted in you, and you rescued them. Amen. So trust is a big thing we've got to develop. Yes. You know, and some trials will cause you to um, depend on God, draw near to God, trust God. I mean, there's just no other way out but God. You know, it's a fine line between you, you, you know, relying on your instincts are relying on your thrust to God and sometimes they're both the same you know but you can tell when you're not thrusting God is when you're not thanking him for the elf and the stepping on your toe ay, ay, I thank you God Woo-hoo. or there's fear inside your thoughts or fear you fear know. of tomorrow fear yeah, of you know, fear of impending doom in. oh you know that boy that's, that's a hard on one of God there at that how am I going to pay my bills you know I, had, I take three steps back to take one step forward, you know, and, and I had to have faith in that I was making a lot of mistakes too, you know, financially, uh, jobs and careers. You know, um, I really, yesterday hearing that sermon really blessed me because it says, yes, God is going to supply all your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. He's going to meet your need. That when is you just, thrust in him. Yeah. He's going to meet your There are need, conditions. But guess what? He wants to exceed and provide 
your dreams or your heart. Amen. And so we got to look at God as, as being the God of the overflow or, and the God of more than enough and the God that wants you well, to... Well, the lady, the lady said that yes, because of the covenant, he's meeting your needs. Yes, yes. But if you want your wants... Uh, you have to act in essence. You have to act in faith. If you want a car, you gotta you gotta go out there and and, and smell it, and and you gotta uh, 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 your your faith has to be demonstrated by your actions and preparation. That's what she's saying, you know. You know, so if you want a husband or a wife, you gotta get cleaned up and go to the places where this, where they're they're there. Yeah. Uh-huh. And, and don't just sit at home and right. go, well, where they're at. for your God to drop it out of the sky. You know, our yeah. actions yeah. signify our faith, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, I remember when I when um, when I, I had to leave my area of Northern California to come down here um, to help my sister. But my actions of helping my sister led me to meet you and fall in love with you. Oh, you fell in love with me? Yeah. So I, I fell in love with your shoes, babe. Thank you, babe. So anyway, uh, what I'm saying is that, you know, she's right. You gotta take, you know, it's just not gonna fall down from the sky. You gotta go get it. Okay. So for the uh, for the tape's sake, what is describe what's once a week reward day? What do we do on a reward day? Well, reward day, we get up, we have some coffee, we read the word first, and then we get in the car. We have a, a place that we're going, and like often last year we went to the Lexus dealership and we sat there and we drank some more coffee and, and we dreamed and yeah. we dreamed you we go and sit inside the car and touched it felt it test drive it test drive it and we we just didn't go to one dealership we went to wherever we were going and traveling we we like to look for the dealership and stop there they treat us yeah. like royalty for one yeah escondido We've been to Escondido. We've been to um, even the places over towards uh, Las Vegas many times. Yeah, uh, Las Vegas Sacramento. many times. Sacramento. Pleasanton. Yeah, over here, um, over there by the beach. I think we stopped over there. Oh, yeah. Over there in that Lexus. So, and then also we go in our own backyard, Longo Lexus. Uh, you know, one of my favorite places is to go is take me to Longo Lexus, you know. So we go, and not only that, when we're at Costco, there's a Lexus sitting out there, the ES350 or whatever, the 350 model. What are we driving right now? We're driving an LS400 that came from God. But, but the the idea is to uh, exercise where, you know, our, our fate muscle where we want to go. Right. And dream a little bit. You know, and I, I remember the first time I wanted a a nice sports car, and I sat in a Lexus, um, you know, and I sat there for about 15, 20 minutes. They had music, and they were selling cars like crazy, you know, they had this big old thing, and the music was blasting into the, and I sat there and I dreamed, but it wasn't about six months later I got a car that was like $20,000 less, but it was almost the same thing. The leather. Anyway, let's move on. Anyway. Uh, um, we got to get going yeah, here. Yeah, let's go. Keep going. Uh, let me okay. read today's commentary. Is that okay? okay? Yes, Please. sir. Go ahead. Uh, Jesus was determined to return to Jerusalem. He knew that he would die there, and had, the disciples heard him predict this in Matthew sixteen twenty-eight. But more importantly, he told of his resurrection. The disciples were discouraged by Jesus' words. They couldn't understand why Jesus wanted to go back to Jerusalem where he would walk right into trouble 
this seem completely irrational. The disciples didn't fully comprehend the purpose of Jesus' death and resurrection until Pentecost, Acts 2. They didn't know that Jesus' death and resurrection would make his kingdom possible. To Jesus, returning to Jerusalem made clear sense because he knew it would accomplish his purpose. Don't be surprised if your struggles to make sense of what God is doing in your life. After all, the disciples spent three years with him, saw his miracles, heard his words, and still had difficult understanding. Despite their questions and doubts, however, they believe when you face uncertainty, take steps in faith. There it is in actions and trust that God will give you enough understanding for the next step. Sometimes obedience comes before understanding. It's beautiful. And what we're doing right now, even reading our Bible and taking the time to worship and praise and read our Bible, that is obedience. That's an obedience, you know, in our sake, you know, that no matter what we're going through, we're yeah. going to read and worship God Lord, and read the Bible. This is the solid rock we're Raining outside, on. We stand snow. on the Word of God. So uh, let, let's go back first from uh, from the bottom up. It says, uh, well then, Jesus, the citizens are free. This is a beautiful illustration that the king, this is God's world and the kingdom, and we are his children. That's why we have dreams, and the Holy Spirit says, your daddy's rich, and the whole earth knows it very well. That's exactly what here. it's saying right here. Is that, that Which we, one, babe, are you? Uh, the taxes? 25 to... Okay, I got it. Yes, he does. Peter replied. Yeah, that one. Yeah, and then Peter, he said, yeah, we got it. You know, I remember him, you guys eating a turkey? Yeah, we're eating a turkey at home. I go to home, and it was like, no, there was no turkey. <laughs> and all the lights were off. The poorest can be. Everybody was skinny, and, and uh, we were, everybody was walking a bl watching a black and white TV. And I walked in, and they were all huddled together because there was no heat in the house. Uh-huh. My dad, my brothers and sisters, and my, my, my mom. Oh. And they were all huddled together, closed. There was no, there was cold, and the air was no heat. And it was, you know, it was, it was Thanksgiving Day, and I was out playing with my friends, and all the parents called their friends, come on in, it's time to eat turkey. Oh. And they kept asking me, are you going to have turkey for me? Uh. And I just, like, Peter said, oh, yeah, I'll be there, sure, yeah. <laughs> By the time I got home, I was so fired up, yeah. I believed it. Yeah. There was not, the kitchen was turned off, it was oh, cold, there was Lord. nothing. And we oh. sat there with my mom. And poverty was, was a real thing. And I remember, and you know what I thought of? I thought about the uh, concentration camp pictures because they were all, mm. you know, and I could have done something. How old were you, babe? I must have been about 12, 11. Mm. How that play? I came home, they're all watching a black and white TV and the images mm -hmm. are, are going mm -hmm. in their faces. And, they're and what anyway. kind of Thanksgiving are you having today? Oh, I'm rejoicing. I'm, I'm grateful. I'm full of the Holy Spirit. I have family all over the world, uh -huh, babe. Uh -huh. Okay, let's move on. After they gathered again in Galilee, Jesus told them, The Son of Man is going to be betrayed. Okay, into the hands. We, we read that. Be killed and resurrected and establish the kingdom of God. But I really like the place where he says, Why couldn't we cast out yeah, the demon? Uh -huh. And Jesus said, I really, I got that. You don't have enough faith. Even with a little mustard of faith, mm -hmm. you can say to this thing, he goes, because you have it inside you. You have the Spirit of God inside mm -hmm. you. You yeah. can tell you, you know, I rebuke you in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. And I said, I command those people to get out of 409 Sierra, Madre Boulevard, and get out of that house and leave my house alone. Now, 
See, that's the kind of faith he's talking about. I want to buy that house. Wow, he does say, you faithless and corrupt people, how long must I be with you? How long must I put up with you? Bring the boy here to me. And then Jesus rebuked the demon in the boy, and it left him. From that moment, the boy was well. Um, so that's so so interesting that they had, like it said, uh, they had been with them. They heard his words. They saw him do miracles. And they, I mean, it's like they still didn't have the faith that they could run with his power. Well, you know, Jesus is just going over the same thing over and over mm -hmm. again, you know, and trying to give these guys um, some insight on how, how he works, how the kingdom of God works. I think that what we're corrupt, we need a, to... Go to the translation. Yeah, I'll just read it in the easy to read, see what it says here. Jesus... And the, and the followers went back to the people. A man came to Jesus, bowed before him. The man said, Lord, be kind to my son. He suffers so much from seizures. Uh, Jesus answered, You people today have no faith. Your lives are so wrong. How long must I stay with you? How long must I must continue to be patient with you? Bring the boy here. Jesus gave a strong command to the demon inside the boy. The demon came out of the boy. A strong command. Then the followers came, and they said, We tried to force the demon out of the boy. Why couldn't we? Why, why were we not able to make the demon go out? Jesus answered, You were not able to make the demon go out because your faith is too small. Believe me when I tell you, if your faith is only as big as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will obey you. Uh, it will move. You will be able to do anything. Uh, where did he get mad at them? Um, 17. That's when he said he was mad? Mm -hmm. You people today have no faith. Your lives are so wrong. Uh -huh. Okay, let's go uh, another one. Let's see. Let's try the Good News Bible. Good News Translation. That says, Jesus answered, How unbelieving and wrong you people are. Mm -hmm. It's just wrong thinking. How long must I stay with you? How long do I have to put up with you? Bring the boy to me. And Jesus gave a command to the demon. Why couldn't it? Jesus, it was because you don't have enough faith. I assure you that if you have faith as big as a mustard seed, you can say to this hill, go from here and it will obey you. Okay, another translation would be, um, well, the only one we have left is uh, the message. Let me try the good news. See, How unbelieving and wrong you people are. How long must I stay with you? How long must I put up with you? Okay, let's, let's see the Message Bible. Okay. The Message Bible said, Jesus said, What a generation, no sense of God, no focus to your lives. How many times do I have to go over these things? How much longer do I have to put up with this? Bring the boy here. He ordered the afflicted demon out, and it was out. Then the disciples asked him, Why? Why couldn't we throw it out? Because you're not yet taking God seriously, Jesus mm, said. Wow. The simple trust is that if you had a mere kernel, simple trust, a poppy seed, you would tell this mountain, move, and it will move. There's nothing you will have to be able to tackle. So the simple trust in God and, and faith 
And taking God seriously is what our command is. You know, that we believe what we say and do. You believe the Word of God, what it says you can do. I am who is, you know, who He says I am. Greater works will you do because Jesus went to the Father. Greater is He that's in me than He that's in the world. You know, the Word of God is where we get our faith. Right? Right. Hearing comes by the Word of God. And hearing the word of God. Um, are you done with that one? Let's just let me a little bit in the Spanish. Okay. Oh, gente sin fe y perversa, hasta cuándo tendré que estar con ustedes? Hasta cuándo tendré que soportarlos? Traigan acá al muchacho. Y Jesús reprendió. The word reprendió, reprimanded. Reprimand. Wow, nice word. And he said, porque ustedes tienen muy poca fe. Les aseguro que si tuvieran fe, aunque solo fuera del tamaño de una semilla, le dirán a este cerro, quítate de aquí y vete a otro lugar, y el cerro se quitará. Nada les será imposible. It seems like um, they didn't have much faith at all. Mm. After seeing everything that he's done, because Jesus is saying, if you even had this, because the mustard seed's really small. Mm -hmm. If you have this much belief, mm -hmm. you know, even with that small amount of belief, you can move problems out of the way. Yeah, do you have a that small level? I really believe because they didn't, those were workers. They really didn't read those Psalms and Proverbs and meditated on the Word to cultivate their heart with the Word of God. They were workers. And those that Jesus is I remember the teacher in our in our computer class act like this that Jesus did. We kept going over the same thing and we couldn't understand what the you know, a certain part of the computer and work with another computer and he just got oh man, how long must I put up with you guys? You know? He was trying to explain something and I see the oh you gener and he says it again here in Spanish Oh generacion incredula. Mm -hmm. And that's an interesting word because that means you're not you're you're not you're created to believe your creation, incredula y perversa. You're going against creation, incredula y perversa. Dijo Jesús, hasta cuándo tendré que soportarlos? Tráiganme al muchacho. Jesús reprendió al demonio que estaba en muchacho y se salió. Más tarde los discípulos le preguntaron privado a Jesús. ¿Por qué no pudimos echar fuera aquel demonio? Porque tienen muy poca fe, le respondió Jesús. Si tuvieran siquiera una fe tan pequeña como un grano de mostaza, podrían decirle a aquella montaña que se quitará y medio que se quitará. Nada les sería imposible. Uh, I wonder if there was ever a Spanish message Bible. There's not one yet. Mm. It's going to be fun when they, uh, yeah. they put one together because... Ustedes, ok, here's another one, TLA. Ustedes están confundidos y no confían en Dios. No confían en Dios. Confundidos y confían. ¿Acaso no puede hacer nada sin mí? ¿Cuándo van a aprender? Digos, ¿acaso? In case, why in the case you, you can't do nothing without me? I mean, you have to do it with me all the time. He says, in other words, 
Uh, ¿Acaso no pueden hacer nada sin mí? ¿Acaso? In other words, he's, he's telling them, I mean, the, the floor is open for you. You can do what I can do. He goes, he's already telling them, you can do that. Because you're, you're confused and you don't have confidence in God. And now he says, ¿Por qué no pudimos sacar ese demonio? Jesús le respondió, Porque ustedes no confían en Dios. Les aseguro que si tuvieran una confianza tan pequeña... Como un grano de mostaza podría adornarla esta montaña que se moviera en lugar en los cerrados. Nada será imposible para ustedes. It's interesting that the word they use over here is confidence and uh, creer, uh, confiar. They, they strike home to me. T-L-A. It's called the living... No, excuse me, it's a Spanish translation. Traducción en lenguaje actual. Actual translation. That's what this says. Tradition, tra traducción. Very nice. Um, just one question. I, was, well, I put a little star by it at the beginning of the scripture. It says, Jesus replied, Elijah is indeed coming to get everything ready. But I tell you, Elijah has already come. So then the disciples asked him, why do the teachers of religious law insist that Elijah must return before the Messiah comes? Jesus replied, Elijah is indeed coming first to get everything ready. But I tell you, Elijah has already come, but he wasn't recognized. And they chose to abuse him. And in the same way, they will also make the Son of Man suffer. It says, then the disciples realized he was talking about John the Baptist. So... How do we get from Elijah to John the Baptist? I know John the Baptist is the one that paved the way for the Lord, the Messiah to come. And he kept prophesying to the people, you know. And when he came up from the water and the Holy Spirit was on him, you know, he knew and saw that this was Jesus. So I'm wondering, how, how do we go from Elijah to the John the Baptist in this? I'm not getting it. Well, because remember that... Uh Every action that Jesus did had to be spoken about hundreds and hundreds of years to establish it on earth. God speaks it to a prophet, and the right. prophet speaks it out, and other people speak it out. Right. And as they speak it out, they make it come true. And when Jesus came, it, all the words were already established for him to run on. Mm -hmm. and, mm. and Isaiah was one of the first ones yeah. to receive those words from God, and he started voicing it out a thousand years before Jesus And then everybody voiced it out on their Bible studies and voiced it out. And right. through their spirit, they make the words come alive. And when Jesus came, uh, John was that. You know, and it's interesting. Even to today, they still say Elijah is going to come at the end mm -hmm, times. Mm -hmm. And they give you those erroneous teachings. You uh, read them and you can read them out of context. And, and it's so plain, so clear that Jesus said, John was Elijah. You know, that's supposed to come. That's interesting. Did I say it right? Exactly. That Elijah must return yeah. before the Messiah. What well, was the spirit of Elijah? Mm. You know, it was the actions of Elijah. Prophetic. Yeah. It yeah, was, but I, I do know in the scripture in Ezekiel, I think it's in Ezekiel, we'll have to look this up, but um, where it does say that Ezekiel, um, you know, not Ezekiel, but Elijah and Moses are supposed to be here in the end times. And that um, for Ezekiel's part is to turn the hearts back to the Father. So that's, that is in the scripture. 
I, it could be again, you know, we have to go into it when we get there, yeah, <laughs> little but, by little. But I do, I do believe that there's something that's going to happen with Elijah and Moses. In the end. Yeah, it's very simple. Everything's already done. Jesus mm-hmm. is already coming back. Moses did come. He appeared with Jesus. Mm-hmm. Elijah did appear Jesus. Yeah. That that scripture yeah. there can, can fit right there, too. Yeah. And also it could be in, taken out of context. Yeah. In Revelation, it talks about the two witnesses. Okay. That's just it's something else to explore. The two but. witnesses to get people saved more in the seven year tribulation, right? You know, it could be yeah. that you know, to, to do more signs and wonders to get people saved right. for the Lamb of God in God's mercy. He's a constant father that's showing mercy to get people saved. And amen. We'll have to do the assessment. Yeah, and I have heard that Elijah and Moses' name come up for the end times. Yeah, but when we read that, we'll go through it. Yeah, we'll thoroughly. go through it. And I've heard Pastor Prince teach on it too. But for us, it's, 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 for us, for the truth right now, is to be confident in God, be focused in Him, Amen. and rebuke spirits. That's our job right now. Oh. You know, to, to walk by yeah. faith. We have the Old, the Old Testament. I just put it away. <laughs> yeah, well, we're done right now. Okay. We'll come back. Okay. In Jesus' name. Okay, yeah. All right, additional commentary for January 26 on Lord verses. Um, Exodus 2:11 to 3:22. Would you please start our commentary, honey? Okay. Um, you want to Ro- pray? Ro- Roger that. Time. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your word. <clears throat> thank you for allowing us, Lord God, <clears throat> to be healed by listening to your word. Uh, thanking you for your promises, Lord God. We are, our confidence and trust is in you, Lord. We confide our souls, know it very well, that you are our, our Father and our God and our caretaker. Thank you that your loving kindness is forever. Your loving kindness is constant, Lord, and we have faith in that. Thank you for taking good care of us. We are satisfied with our care, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. Yeah, I just... Uh I like where it says in in twenty three. Wait, two eleven, two three twenty three. Um, I think it's twenty three. It says here years passed. Oh, well, that was that we start at the beginning where um. Moses saw that they were beating the Egyptians, the Hebrews were, or the Egyptians were beating the Hebrews, and he killed the um, the Egyptian man, and he hid it in the sand, and and then later he finds out that um, somebody saw him do that, and uh, he says, "Who appointed?" The man replied, "Who appointed you to be our prince and judge? Are you going to kill me as you killed that Egyptian yesterday?" So um, that brings up a good point because I think the common the common saying was is that Moses already told them I want to be your I want to be your prince. he was already acting like a prince and judge mm-hmm. over the people mm-hmm. over the Israelites that's where the statement probably came from who appointed you you know he's probably been mm-hmm. acting in that, mm-hmm. in that in that in addition to killing the Egyptian yeah and it and it seems like a con- when you lead. It seems that you have people that complaining when you leave. It's like, who are you? Who's made you this? Who's done? You know, you 
you start to see comments like that come your way. Yeah, that, yeah, and you have to uh, do it for the good people uh-huh. to keep them in mind mm-hmm. that God's people are listening. <laughs> Let me read the commentary real quick. Okay. It said, okay. God doesn't always rescue us the moment we want Him to. It had been four centuries since God had promised to bring the Hebrew slaves out of Egypt, Genesis 15, 16. The people had waited on God a long time to fulfill his promise. It would have been very easy for the Hebrew to give up hope and abandon their faith. But God rescued them when he knew the right time had come. God knows the best time to act. When you feel that God has forgotten you in your troubles, remember that God has a schedule we can't see and won't always understand. Amen. Remember in the last couple of chapters we were reading about how Moses came and the, the mom saw that he was an exceptional child. Uh-huh, uh-huh. It jumped 300 yes. years. Uh-huh. You notice? Yeah. It jumped from Jacob, which was, and then all of a sudden it jumped to Moses. And that was about a 300 and something, maybe wow. 350 mm-hmm. gap year <coughs> that it jumped all of a sudden. A lot of the, um, or maybe it was, uh, but anyway, that's. Uh, <coughs> you know, that's it's just a good point. It's on God's scheduled time. You know. Um, that's what. Uh, Joel Osteen's talking about the okay. appointed time, and yeah. it just made me realize that when we praise God for a problem, uh-huh. there is a appointed. <clears throat> you know what made me <clears throat> realize is is the humor and the joy that hit us at Seven Eleven when we're with that Indian, <clears throat> the guy from India, mm-hmm. when we were getting coffee, and he, and he noticed you're chattering. You know, you're you're asking so many questions, and then he tells me. You're so quiet and calm, and you're, yeah, honey, yes, honey, yes, honey. (laughs) (laughs) But I realized that that's the ultimate of the appointed time of thanking and praising God for a situation Mm. that you're going to get the, I am your great reward and your shield. So Mm. we thank him and we praise him, and then I am your, and then all of a sudden the the payload comes, the payoff. Yeah. You see, we, us, we need that payoff for our hope uh-huh. and the tree of life and to, to know that we're working. See, hopelessness comes is when there's nothing. Right. There's no, you know. There's no uh, outlook on what the future's going to bring. Right. But, um, and it still gave me a belly laugh. And I've experienced a belly laugh from that. Because when we got home, even at night, I was still laughing really hard. So... <laughs> That was really that was true God, joy from heaven. Uh, God gave us that, and I'm glad I didn't judge it. And, and I don't yeah. always say, "Well, I want to go across town and pick up some dozen tortillas." And I'm thinking, <clears throat> they sell tortillas right down the street, honey. Not homemade ones, be. <clears throat> or you know, go down the street over there, get some free coffee. I'm thinking, well, you know, we don't need coffee now. Right? Anyway, I just decided to go along. On how many times we have turned down our free bagel and our free coffee because we didn't have time, you know. Mm-hmm. But now we're just well, let's just go with the flow. We're meeting more people, we're blessing more people, mm-hmm. we're more happier. All right, I didn't mean to put, get on and, my and and good point from that. It's been uh, this commentary says it's been four centuries, four hundred years. That's a long time to wait. And we think of us, our human mind, when we're waiting for some breakthrough or something, 
we haven't gone to 400 years. God's, you know, it's just, it's a long time, many generations. Well, you know, that they had their teachings of uh, Noah. They had their teachings of Adam. They had their teachings of, uh, uh, you know, of, of, of the, of Abraham. You know, and they had the stories. I'm sure they already had them in writing. They didn't verbally say them. But that's what they studied. And then probably the, the presence of God was there amusing them or carrying them through and talking and give strength in them and, and you know they were they were they were pretty um mm-hmm. i don't know what time the uh that new pharaoh came in and made them made them uh, slaves but i'm sure it was way over a hundred years after jacob passed yeah. away because they you know they multiplied greatly into the million from 70 how long yeah. does it take to multiply 70 you know. mm, yeah, they had multiplied greatly. The scripture says so it should have been maybe a hundred or two hundred years afterwards, and then they they uh, surrounded them. All right, moving yeah, right on ahead. I want to go back to the beginning a little bit. Um, yeah. After fifteen, I think it's in the middle of fifteen. Uh, um, it says when Moses arrived in Midian, he sat down beside a well. And when we first read this, I just thought um, it was similar. You know, we see Jesus going to the to the well um, to meet the the Samaritan, well. The well. It sounds like whale. You're yeah, saying. a whale. W e l l. A well. A well. Saying a whale. Yeah. So a whale. A well. Okay. So the drop the L. Yeah. Say well. Well. <laughs> so Jesus was at the well. <laughs> w e l l, the well. Okay, that's where Jesus came well. with the water. You know, still he, comes out well. Yeah, it does. Okay, he came there to sit there and he talked to the Samaritan woman who was also getting water at the well. Well. <laughs> okay. All so, is well. All is well. <laughs> no, when I have a, a com- complex when I hear that word or read it. Okay, so he uh, came to the well. <laughs> as now the priest of Midian had seven daughters who came, as usual, to draw the water, fill the water. So, um, you know, because he helped her with the water, draw the water, you know. Um, it, it, you know, she went back and told her dad, and the dad says, invite him over. Why'd you leave him there? Invite him to eat with us. But I just thought it was really this, where he met her, where they met at the well. <laughs> the well. The what? The well. well. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to get past oh, this, okay? So anyways, I thought that was an interesting sign. Well, try to say it in Spanish. In Spanish, it's pozo. El pozo. <laughs> I sounds like oso. <laughs> Sounds like you said husband. Okay. So anyways, that was awesome. So um then uh as we move into thirty uh twenty three, that's where I was gonna start before we I started talking about the previous. Uh it said years passed and the king of Egypt died and but the Israelites continued to groan. Okay, their 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 prayers were groanings. Under their burden of slavery, they cried out for help 
and their cry rose up to God. And God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant promise to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he looked down on the people of Israel and knew it was time to act. So, The appointed time. Yeah, the appointed time. Not only the appointed time, but the groaning and the cries of the people. Mm. God heard it, mm. you know, and he... You know, it's like when we're going through something and you don't want to, you don't talk about it, you don't, even if you don't pray about it, mm -hmm. you're groaning inside your spirit. Your spirit knows what to pray for you. Even the groan is a prayer. But they did cry out to God and God did hear their groaning. That's very important. I think, um, I think that's in Romans somewhere or in yeah. Hebrews. Eight. Yeah. He hears our groans of the Holy Spirit yeah. cannot be uttered. Right. Uh, you know, it's, it's really important. I just want to switch this. You know, born again, God heard their praising, mm -hmm. and you remember his covenant promise to Abraham. So praising for a problem is similar to groaning. Mm -hmm. You know, let's, yes. say, let's say, for instance, you know, a severe problem. You, you run a red light, you hit somebody, and you injure somebody, and Oh man, you know they're gonna take all your houses and stuff. Or that person's okay, and you're praising him for the situation, <laughs> trying trying not to groan. Anyway, that's mm -hmm. just a little, and it's time to act. Yeah. So and then that, and we see that um, then he, you know, goes on and he was tending to the flocks, but he came to Sinai, which is called the mountain of God. And that's when the angel of the Lord appeared to him in the in the middle of a bush. And that got Moses' attention because the bush was engulfed in the flames, but it wasn't burning up. And so he said, I must go see it. You know, um, God, what I want to say about God is, is he doesn't always appear the same way to all people. Mm -hmm. There's different different methods that he reaches out. And sometimes it's the method that that you understand, that you can grasp. Um, and sometimes it's just a word that he gives you for that day, where he's speaking you and guiding you. So we have to have our eyes open and our ears open and our heart ready to receive anything that the Spirit is saying around you throughout your day. You know, try not to be cluttered with the day-to-day this and that and your to-do list and da 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 that you miss God just saying thank you to you or I love you or just, you know, telling you go in this direction, don't go that direction. So that's awesome. And um, then it says, when the Lord saw Moses uh, coming to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses, and he said, here I am. So immediately he recognized it was it was God, right? And um, it says, when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. He was afraid. He was standing on holy ground. And, he, and that's where he begins his ministry because he tells them, I've certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I've heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I'm aware of their suffering. Okay, So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt. 
and their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land it flowing with milk, milk and, and honey. Praise God. We have mm -hmm. milk and honey in Amen. our house today. And it's constant. It doesn't go yeah. away. It's a mm -hmm. blessing. God yeah, it has, keeps coming. God has established that, that uh, principle in our land here in Glendora. Yeah. We have always milk and honey. And it comes in. The honey comes in free from a local grower. From some... Christians to bring it to us. Amen. So um, that's where he gets his assignment. Um, I'm sending you to Fer uh, number t 10. Uh, it's 310. Um, now go, for I'm sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people out of Egypt. But Moses protested to God, Who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Egypt? Who am I, is what he's saying. <clears throat> and but God says, I'll be with you, and this is your sign that I'm the one who has sent you. When you have brought the people out of Egypt, you will worship God at this very mountain. Okay, so he already gives them a prophetic word that says, this is going to be your sign. When, when you lead them out, you'll come back to this mountain. Well, what kind of sign is that? That's after <laughs> that I'm with you. Yeah. I mean, it's a sign after the fact. Yeah. I mean, it, he's giving him a... I want uh -huh. you to imagine... But it hasn't your, happened yet. I want right. you to imagine yourself that you're in front of this mountain with all the people worshiping me. Now, that is your sign that Moses is saying. That's my sign? Yeah. So, if he keeps that in his imagination, yeah. that's his goal. Right. He goes, the goal will be for an appointed time. Uh-huh. You know, that's constructive imagination. That's using the imagination in the right time. Because your Father in Heaven has given you that picture. That's what I see. Mm -hmm. I will be with you. He goes, Moses, who am I to appear before? Yeah. How am I to relieve the people of Israel out of Egypt? And I will be with you. Okay, you'll be with me. And this is your sign that I am the one who has sent you. What sign is that? That you have brought the people out of Egypt. You will worship God at this very mountain. That's mm -hmm. the sign, but that's mm -hmm. after the fact sign. Yeah. So the first sign is, I will be with you. That's all it is. That's strong enough. Yeah. And yeah, I will be with you is enough for him to say, okay, I'll go do it. <laughs> right? Yeah. But and then know. when you, the sign to you will be, because he says, who am I to lead you? So the sign will be, you'll be back on this mountain to worship me. Yeah, there's a lot more to it, but yeah. I really believe it's a, it's a finished product. Yeah, it's a done he deal. He showed him the finished product. Yes, yeah, very like. good, yes. And then, you know, and he got it in his heart, and uh -huh. for him, he cultivated that, and with God's yeah. power. That's why we're to keep in our hearts the finished product of what God says, who we are through his body. Amen. I am with you. I supply all your needs according to my riches. What's the finished product? He goes, I am the Lord God. Your daddy is rich, and the whole earth knows it very well. Finished product. Amen. That's, that's a good point. The finished work at the cross is where we keep our eyes on. Mm -hmm. In today's, that's our, that's the sign, you know, that we have to and work The sign with. is the world that he will be with us, and this is the sign yeah. that he, that the world will know that the Lord God is with us, because yeah. he's spreading a good banquet in front of us, you know. Yeah. He is our sign. Okay. I'm going to read it in the Spanish version. He said, God replied, to, uh, and later in 14, God replied to Moses, Oh, he wanted to know, well, if I go, who do I say, what do I tell them? And God is clearly instructing them. He said, the, uh, the God of your ancestors has sent me to you. 
they will ask me, what is his name? Then what should I tell them? And God says, I am who I am. Say this to the people of Israel, I am has sent me to you. God also said of Moses, say this to the people of Israel, Yahweh. The God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham. She sounds funny in Spanish. Yeah, the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. And I think that might be the first time we see Yahweh appear. The name. The name. In Spanish is, you're saying... Oh, I know. Don't repeat it. So. It said, and, and it means this is my eternal name, my name to remember for all generations. Okay. Amen. So, um, let's see. So he gives them the dialogue of what to tell them, you know, that God has seen their um, their suffering and oppression and that he's going to lead them out to the land flowing with milk and honey. And it's, he says, God tells me in 18, the elders of Israel will accept your message. Then you and the elders must go to the king of Egypt and tell him, the Lord, the God of the Hebrews has met with us. So please let us take a three-day journey into the wilderness to offer sacrifices to the Lord our God. And, and he goes on to say, But I know that the king of Egypt will not let you go unless a mighty hand forces him. So I'll raise my hand and strike the Egyptians, performing all kinds of miracles among them. Then at last he will let you go. And I will cause you... Uh, this, is, this is gets better. And I will cause the Egyptians to look favorably, favorably on you. They will give you gifts when you go, so you will not leave empty-handed. Every Israelite woman will ask for articles of silver and gold and fine clothing from her Egyptian neighbors and from the foreign women in their houses. You will dress your sons and daughters with these stripping the Egyptians of their wealth. And as we recall, as we're going to see later that um, we did see that the the uh, when they left and they they left Egypt they left with silver and gold and not one of them was feeble among them. Amen. Okay. Is that it? Yes. Mm You know, the other thing is, see, I have been watching closely. You know, this gave me faith to go and speak to the people that are in my house. You know, God has showed me a house. He goes, I have promised to rescue you from your oppression. 17. In Egypt, I will lead you to a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Parasites, Jebusites, and Jebusites now live. So I'm here in Glendora, so I'm going to need to go to those houses and say, Get out of the house, Hanson. That's my house. Get out of the house, Thomas. That's my house. Get out of the house, Smith. That house belongs to me. You know, I got to go out there and boot these non-believers out of my property. Get out of that, that uh, avocado orchard. That's my avocado orchard. I want that land, all of it. 
doesn't seem, uh, you know, you got to read into these things, honey. Am I being a little... Okay, the Message Bible says, I will be with you, God said, for verse 12, 312 on Exodus, and this will be the proof that I am the one who sent you. When you have brought my people out of Egypt, you will worship God right here in this very mountain. That'll be the proof. When you have brought my, that I'm with you. That's kind of like, yeah. <laughs> going to take a miracle and only you can do yeah, it. Yeah, but he's, in the beginning he's reassuring him, I'll be with you. And then the second part is the sign will be. Mm, the accomplishment. Huh? Yeah. That I am with you. Because he's so... <coughs> but by that time, like, he's already... Why are you he, sending me? I'm not capable. But by that time, I can't he's, do the he's, job. he's already convinced. No, he's not. Cause he, did, you, did you mention the gold? Yeah. The woman will ask for articles of silver and go and find clothing from mm -hmm. Egypt. And, okay, so <clears throat> we go up to the mountains and we ask the, the, the Glendorians. We ask them for their silver and their gold. And find clothing. And I had that happen. I had people brought gold to the to the park because I was asking for it. Now, I'm looking for 25 tons of gold. Somebody brought me a, pla a plaque of gold. Yeah. <laughs> I said, I keep asking, huh? Mm -hmm. You will dress your sons and daughters with the, these strippings, stripping the Egyptians, stripping the Glendorians of their wealth. Amen. Amen. It's, uh...